Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Well, 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 welcome back to the iHealth channel, the Fit and the Fab channel, and iHealth Radio Hurricane H here, a new show, a new guest, a new topic. And uh, uh, our guest today is actually from the uh, the continent of Europe, <laughs> you know, and specifically from Spain. And um, so we have a time difference, uh, and I appreciate her joining me and us uh, as an audience from over the Atlantic. <laughs> and, um, you know, We've been actually booking, we've booked actually the show for over a couple of months ago. And uh, the interest here is that it, it tackles a little bit of a topic that is very dear to my heart and to pretty much everyone out there that has children. And it's more specific. Actually, it, it will probably affect all of us as, uh, as listeners of yours here, uh, specifically when it comes to nutrition and healthy habits and so on and so forth, but more specifically for the kids. And so with me, I have Dr. Orlina Carrick, and uh, she is by, uh, I guess, education and first practice as a pediatric doctor or pediatrician, but she is more focused now on healthy habits uh, as a health coach and teaching folks how to be good with their foods and how to, to really lead a good, you know, a life and a healthy one. So doctor, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am absolutely amazing. Thank you for asking. Well, 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 listen, I am excited. It's been a minute since we booked. You know, I've been waiting desperately. Now you're here. So we have an hour with you. So we're going to try to get the most from your expertise and, and your knowledge and your practice. Uh, and again, as I just briefly introduced, I mean, your background is very, uh, you know, unique because you focused on children primarily and you took that to the next level. Uh, and I've had a lot of guests. We talked about general health and fitness and nutrition, but we don't focus specifically for children. And today, I mean, I think we, I only had one show about mental health with kids and things like that, but nothing. Uh, and I had another one for teenage uh, suicide prevention, but nothing when it comes to healthy eating and healthy habits. And I call that a pandemic. <laughs> you know, we, we have it, we live, we believe in a pandemic globally, but I think there's a, a, a much uh, dangerous, much more dangerous, you know, pandemic when it comes to uh, obesity and, you know, bad eating habits with, with the new generation. And so, so before we go to that, you know, and dissect all these elements and, and learn from you, uh, first, welcome. Give us a little bit about your background, you know, uh, just, just your practice and how, you, you know, you transited from just being a pediatrician into the world of healthy uh, coaching, you know, uh, healthy habits. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well, as you can tell from my accent, I am from the UK and that was where I was working as a pediatric doctor. But like you, I love to travel and I always had this burning desire. And part of the reason I went into medicine was to travel. 
And I decided I was going to move to Spain and I thought I was going to be a doctor in Spain. It's a long story. Um, I did do a little bit of working in Spain, but essentially I, we moved here 10 years ago and I started doing stuff online and I started with picky eating for kids because I had children and they were picky children. And I was a bit like, Hey, what is going on here? When I was a pediatric doctor, I used to see so many people who would come in, their kids would complain of tummy pain. And I would say, Hey, it's great news. Your child is constipated, but you don't need to take medicine. All you need to do is eat more vegetables. Isn't that fabulous? And the parents would sort of look at me a bit going, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, okay. Sure. Fast forward a few years. And then I realize, well, not only do I have my own child sat on the toilet crying tears of agony because they aren't eating their vegetables, but I realized that it isn't as easy as just presenting our kids with vegetables. I was presenting my kids with vegetables. They would just pick out the pasta. Um, and, you know, I realized that they weren't getting the healthy, balanced diet that I wanted. So that was a sort of wake up call for me. And I started doing a lot of work on helping parents with picky eaters and healthy eating for kids. And then eventually, well, one of the things I realized is that it's really difficult to teach our kids healthy eating if we're not eating healthily. And a lot of the parents I was talking to and working with, they weren't eating healthily and they wanted their kids to eat healthily. And that's a pretty impossible situation to be in. So I pivoted slightly and now I work with mums and helping them, but mums who also want to teach their kids healthy eating and healthy living. And it's fabulous now. <laughs> wow. Well, well, you hit on a few items and, and, and we're definitely going to, you know, discuss pretty much each one on, on its own merit. But but so so you're right. I mean, it, it is crazy that uh, children, they somehow I don't know how it it turned but I think over the last couple of decades, um, you know, the food industry or the food, you know, restaurant business, uh, you know, has uh, has flourished with, you know, some like snacks and, and, and you know, fast food and things like that. Uh, there's great deal of stuff on supermarkets that has like just sweets and sugars and all kind of candies and, you know, snack, you know, like chips and all those things. Right. And uh, while they taste great, because I mean, obviously, it's it's a mixture of salt and 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 sugar, and it's always good, right? And flavors, but but it does not, it would not, and and never will uh, replace real uh, fruits and vegetables and things like that. Like I have this thing with my own kids, like I had mentioned earlier, I have uh, three kids, and 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 their health, their, their food, you know, habits, just I I can't handle it. I really can't. I'm, I'm I already gave up. And, and I said, I say that, but, but, you know, maybe I won't after this show because you'll, you'll help me out here. But, but certainly what I've noticed is that they, no matter what you put on the table now, and there's two levels, right? You, you mentioned it is hard to teach, you know, the children to eat healthy if you're not eating healthy. And we're going to talk about that. But even if like in my case, I love vegetables, I love salads, I love stuff. And my kids did eat them when they were younger and all of a sudden they give up <laughs> no more. And, and now, I mean, their, their, their menu is, is limited to uh, chicken, chicken cutlets, you know, maybe uh, burgers, plain, you know, cheese, pizza, and that's it. Nothing snacks, nothing else. And no matter where we go, 
you can go to the fanciest restaurant, you can go to the, the, the healthiest restaurant, they'll still manage to get something with a fry and, and a burger and a bun, which is crazy, right? And, and I keep telling them, like, you can't, you, you're not getting any nutrition in your body. I mean, there's nothing, there's no vitamins or nothing. I mean, you're getting sugars and carbs. I mean, at least in fat, that's all I'm seeing in, in, that, in that combination, but, but really there's nothing. And so, so, so the first things first, you know, you've obviously been dealing with this. What would you contribute this particular trend to? That's the first thing. And then we can talk about the the parents and the environment. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, both really good questions. And yeah, I think it's really an interesting question. Why have we got, why has the world got to this situation? And I think it's complex, complex. I think there's more than one reason. But, you know, as you say, we've got, food industries who are busy marketing, 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 not only are they marketing, marketing, they employ people to try and make things as tasty, delicious as they possibly can, so that we want to go and eat that foods. In the same time, we've also had a little bit of misinformation from our governments back in the years where they said, hey, you know, you have to eat high carbohydrates and low fat diets, which now we're seeing is not true. And on top of that, they were subsidizing the carbohydrates so you know if you go and look at perhaps buying some apples they're more expensive than buying well what i would call biscuits but you would call cookies you know you can get a really <laughs> cheap packet of cookies for like 30 cents an entire packet that's more expensive than a, a cheaper than an apple you know so yeah, there's so yeah. many things that are going on but above all i think it's all about habits mm-hmm. and it's just this thing that gets cycled on and cycled on and we eat and our children eat and i know that you're painting a different picture but the majority of people eat in a way that they learned growing up that's what happens to the most people is that whatever they ate at home they're going to carry on eating now obviously it's more complicated than that because both adults and children are what i call glucose seeking missiles so it is normal for the human body to want to eat glucose, you know, anything sweet, Mm -hmm. anything that's going to give them that rush of sugar. So it could be pasta, it could be bread, because these all get broken down into our bodies quite quickly and give us that sugar rush. So that's normal. But as parents, we need to take that into consideration as well, because we all want that, that sugar rush, because back in the past, we needed it. That was our survival. But now we're living in a times when there's just so much. It's so easy for us to get food that we have to be aware of that and compensate for that, I think. Well, it is. And you know what? You just, you actually made a, a great point. And, uh, you know, just as I'm listening to you, uh, it is also our, our fault because, again, to your point, yes, I, 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 when I gave you the picture of, of my, my meals and, and how my kids ate, I mean, technically, if I did not provide those kinds of food to them, they wouldn't eat them. And, you know, that's the dilemma, because at a point I was literally not buying those things, but I had to give in because they were not eating anything else. So you just kind of like, you know, kind of cave in and just, OK, I'm going to buy you this. Like for a minute, I don't even buy snacks. But then sometimes, oh, dad, you don't buy snacks. We don't have any snacks. Then you kind of feel bad and you buy them. So it is, a, a, you know, a parent's issue, because to your point, it's 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 if we are teaching or at least allowing those things, those elements to be in the on the table, they will take advantage of them. And, and so now it's it's a cultural thing. I think it's beyond just, you know, one family. I think it's all of us as parents. We need to be the ones who, who really from the get-go try to almost prevent this from happening. Now, to your point, 
there's so many influences out there. And so TV, media, the marketing, so now social media, forget about it. Everything is, you know, popping up in your, in, in your devices and our kids live on, on the cyberspace these days. Right. And so that's all of the challenge right there. And, and you're right. Again, you got all these industries that, that push these, these products uh, and, and they make them look good. Taste good too. I mean, listen, we all every now and then take a sneak peek and, and snack, snack in something. It does taste delicious. And, and, you know, sometimes we tell to ourselves, okay, I'm just cheat day today. I'm going to get a little thing, but your kids are doing the same thing. And, but, but we've noticed, you know, uh, over the years, you know, that led to obesity problems. You talked about constipation. There's no fiber. That's a big deal. Right. But kids at, at a healthy age, the body is still functional. Right. So they will probably still be able to make it. But as they age, those things are becoming more problematic. And then you have diabetes. Now there's more uh, an influx of, let's say, uh, pediatric diabetes versus, you know, when back in the days, it's like someone that's aging when th that, that's when the diabetes hits. So you have all these problems. So, so your concept, you know, is a global concept. It's a pretty comprehensive package that you offer when you, you, you talk to your clients and, and, and also that's what you advocate for. So let's talk about your concept step-by-step. Step. My, well, before we talk about that, I do just okay. want to say to you, sure. it is a really difficult position to be in. Like, you know, I hear you saying I could have done this differently, but it's almost like our kids hold us hostage and they're saying, <laughs> thank you. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to eat anything. It's so difficult for us to manage that internally. Um, so, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. You're definitely not the only person who's done that. But again, it's about taking a step back and looking at it from this position of, hey, you know what? My kids aren't going to starve. I'm going to give them healthy foods and they can pick their healthy foods. So that's essentially what I'm teaching with um, families is it's not any one moment that you're feeding your children. It's the whole of everything. And you need to look at all the food that they are being given over a day, a week, a month. And yeah, essentially, it's a bit of hard love to a lot of people, but a lot of people, their diet isn't as healthy as we like to think. And people say things like, oh, well, I eat some vegetables. And I'm like, yeah, you do, but you could eat more. Um, and the more packaged foods we have, as you've hit on, the more we want those packaged foods. And if you compare the packaged foods in terms of sugar and salt, as you say, they've got so much sugar and salt in them that fruit and vegetables can't compete. So Part of what I do is teach people, hey, do you know what? You can love healthy eating. It can be easy. It can be fun. It's all about vegetables. Easy and fun. Did I say that? Yeah. But yeah, and you can teach your kids this. And it, it can be a way of living that is easy for us as busy parents because we're all busy. We don't have time to be cooking super amazing meals. We just want stuff that is easy, that our kids can enjoy. And when I say enjoy, I don't mean their favorite food every single day. I just mean food that is acceptable to them, that will nourish them and feed them. So, yeah, it's, you know, healthy eating, number one. The other things that I teach are healthy movement and exercise. Again, super important for both adults and kids. Sleep and emotional wellness. Another big one for kids. I don't know about your kids, but my kids. So many big emotions, so much screaming and upset about what feels to us as minor things. But again, how Too do we teach drama. our Yeah, exactly. But how do we teach our kids emotional wellness? Again, by demonstrating it. That's how we teach them. Um, and so we have to do all of this work on ourselves. We have to nail that healthy eating, start doing some exercise, sleep well, and 
really work on our emotional wellness so that we can teach our kids these things? I mean, they, it sounds easy. <laughs> it sounds like that's the, that's the purpose. But you said it. I mean, it, it's 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 a, a very difficult journey because, first of all, when the kids are much younger, you have control to a degree. I mean, you put on the table. It's not like they're going to go and you know pick up. You feed them, right? And then they get a little older to start you know choosing stuff. To your point, I mean, if we can just give them better offerings. Uh, at home or whatever we go, that can be, you know, like I, I can tell you, like there were times where they were much younger and I would not allow them to have, let's say the pizzas and stuff, you know, maybe once a month or whatever. But there was a point where I can do that anymore because they speak for themselves. I want pizza. <laughs> you know? Your children are much older though. And it does get like, once they're older, that's another conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Like allowing them to make their own choices. How old did you say your children were? 15 and 14. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what you do, you have the conversation. That's the, 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 the difficult part is that you're having the conversation, but it's not just you that's having the conversation. Their friends are having the conversation mm -hmm. and, and maybe like, you know, like you almost pushing them to do something that all their circle is not, you know, familiar with. So, so for example, you know, they hang out with their friends. Everybody wants pizza. Everybody wants, you know, wings. Everyone wants nachos, you know, and, and stuff like that. So they, you know, nobody's like asking, can we have a salad? <laughs> yeah, it's not, I, I have not seen that actually in, in their gatherings. Like, yeah, let's have some, some, some. May, my daughter sometimes will snack on carrots and things like that. But, but over, like my son is the complete opposite. Like literally even sauce. I mean, I'm talking nothing. I mean, that's good. I mean, he doesn't do ketchup and stuff, which is actually a good thing. But like everything with him is bland. Like, there's no there's no flavor. The only thing he likes is syrup, which is just just corn syrup. Not good at all for you. <laughs> he puts it on everything. So so and I, I've been having this challenge. I'm like, guys, you know, look, you need to to take care of yourself. Now you don't feel a thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're going to have all these problems and, and your body yeah. is not going to get any better. It gets to a point and then everything else that you build now is going to affect the future. And that's really the concept. So, so yes. So parents, and, and again, like I'm not beating on myself, but at the same time, it's like, I do <laughs> because <laughs> you, you, you know, like you do me if you don't, you do me if you do, because it's your, still your responsibility until Absolutely. the point, until the point where they become completely independent. And I, I tell them guys, when you go out there and do your thing, it's your body, it's your world, right? Do whatever you want with it. I mean, I, I wish you the best. I want you to be healthy, but I can't do anything about it. I, I turn, I look at me. I mean, I try to eat healthy. I diversify my stuff to your point. You know, you have to have a nice little bit of a spectrum in, in between, you know, your, your, your proteins, your, your, your carbs, your, 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 your veggies, your, you know, your vegetables, uh, fruits, all that good stuff. Right. And, and, you know, and you can have, you know, you can have cheat days. You can do little things. You can have a cookie once in the blue moon. Also, you mentioned healthy stuff such as exercise. You know, you can't just eat. You know, eating by itself is one thing, but you also have to build, you know, your body and so on and so forth. And so like my kids with the social media now, you know, one is a little bit more active, but but they got to a point where now they kind of close their door. They're teenage, you know, times they close the door. They're online with all their friends, you know, FaceTiming and all the stuff. The other guy is on the next box, you know, working his fingers <laughs> and his thumb, <laughs> you know, that's that's the workout he gets. And now they're like, literally, I just sit in on a couch, you know, or on a, on a chair and just like spending hours sitting. So your, your body is really, there's no, the little calories they burn is not going to be enough. <laughs> so they take more than what they do. And then as they sit, they're just snacking. They got a little back here. Okay. And no matter what you do, it doesn't work. So what would we say to that? <laughs> okay. So, well, I think there's two things to think about. First of all, the younger children. So if we tackle the younger children first, and then we'll talk about the older children, because yeah. the older children are, are slightly different. So if you've got younger children, 
what you want to be doing essentially is there's a lady called Ellen Satter who is a pediatric dietitian and she came up with this concept which is called the division of responsibility and essentially it goes like this as adults as parents we decide what foods are available to our children and we decide essentially the routine so it might look like breakfast snack lunch snack dinner and we offer our children the opportunity to eat we don't push them to eat it's an invitation to eat and to your point, I would say it's really difficult as a parent to offer our children food and for them not to accept that food because we have this inbuilt desire to feed our children and to make sure our children are fed. And it's something that we have to teach ourselves that we don't need to control that, that they can do that. Another thing I would say about this is we want to be very aware of portion sizes. And we particularly want to be aware of portion sizes of what I call easy to eat food. And obviously that includes ice cream and all desserts, but it also includes what I call white refined carbohydrates. So bread and pasta. Um, my children are what I call carb junkies. You know, they love white refined carbohydrates. They have this thing about bread and they love it. And it's okay for them to eat small quantities of that. But if I gave them a table and said, here you go, loads of fruits and vegetables, loads of bread, loads of protein, help yourself, they would eat bread and protein and nothing else. And my children eat fruit and vegetables and they eat fruit and vegetables because essentially I've trained them to eat fruit and vegetables. They're normal kids who would eat white refined carbohydrates and protein given the choice. And so we give them an appropriate portion of those things, which is actually a small portion. A lot of people overestimate how much is an appropriate portion for a child, a young child. And then you say you can have free reign of the fruit and vegetables. And that way, children will eat the fruit and vegetables. And, you know, parents say, no, it's definitely not going to happen. And it will. It will happen. They do get used to fruit and vegetables. They get used to them just being normal. And there's also this other thing, which is there's no such thing as only hungry for chocolate. Your children will say to you, oh, I'm really hungry after dinner. Can I have some chocolate? And you're like, well, if you're still hungry, there's some carrot sticks there or some cut up apple. You can eat that. And they go, no, it has to be chocolate. And you're like, well, it's not hunger then, is it? If you're really? saying I want to eat that treat. So we get to decide when the treats are. And, or, well, sorry, let me backtrack. It's not that we get to decide when the treats are, we get to decide how often those treats are allowed. So for a, a young child, I would recommend one sweet thing a day, and that could be breakfast cereal. I personally hate breakfast cereal. I consider it to be like the worst thing that you could ever eat. But if that's what you have in your house, that also is considered, like, look at the sugar content. It's got so much sugar in it. But you can have one of those things. So one cookie a day. And then perhaps once a week, you can have one, you know, candy or something a week. And your children, they can choose if they want to have their candy on Friday or Saturday. So it's about getting that balance right of allowing them to make choices, but also not allowing them to just eat cake the whole time. Because, you know, give a child a choice. Of course, they're going to eat cake the whole time. But that's not on offer. So that's just not part of the... That's not part of the equation. So is that, does that make sense for younger children? Oh, that, 
Yes. Well, I think because again, younger children, you have a little bit of control. So like I said, in the beginning, you can have, I mean, you have the first but seven. They are like little lawyers. Remember, they're like little lawyers. So it sounds very easy in practice, but you know, <laughs> they're going to push you and they're going to push your buttons and they know which buttons to push. So uh -huh. in oh, order yeah. to do that, you have to get comfortable with yourself. So think of it like a seatbelt. When you go in the car, your child always wears the seatbelt. It's a non-negotiable. There's no like, they might kick off about not wearing the seatbelt, but you're not going to get in the car and drive down the, the, what do you call it, the highway without the child putting on their seatbelt. And once we have that firmness with inside us, like this is what is for dinner. It's on the table. You can help yourself. There's nothing else. There's no other options. I mean, the other thing I would say is if you've got picky children, make sure you include something that's acceptable. It's not about starving your children. It's about knowing that, hey, there's something that my child can eat if they're hungry. I fulfilled my role, which is to offer you something acceptable to satisfy your hunger, which doesn't have to be cake. It doesn't have to be cookies. It doesn't have to be ice cream. We love these things. But the lesson is we eat them in moderation. Well, so it's about words. creating internal limits. Well, keyword moderation, and and you yeah. you've touched on on a couple of items. First of all, I agree with you about the cereal business, <laughs> and it's because <laughs> you know it's funny because you you know it's not it's not there's nothing good in it yet. If you hear all the commercial, at least in the U.S., breakfast of the champions, you know, and cereals, are, you know, at the helm of that, right? Uh, you know, and then they give you a little orange juice, which is all you know concentrated sugar rush uh you know maybe a couple of you know uh fruits and you know bits, bits and pieces of that but but typically that's what the commercials look like right but it's all sugar 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 uh, the, the the actual ingredients are all sugar plus sugar so, yeah exactly <laughs> so, it's it's sugar. <laughs> exactly yeah they throw cinnamon and then it tastes good that's all uh, you know <laughs> but so that's one thing but but so i think there's an element that we need to highlight because uh you're an international pretty much doctor and, and every country has different ways of dealing with the food business. Right. Uh, and, and, and I've, and again, I've lived, you know, overseas and I've lived in the U S for 30 years. And also at the same time, I've traveled all over the world and depending on what country you go to the, the, the portion you talked about portions, uh, it, it's, it's tremendously, you know, variable from one end, end to the other. So for example, in Europe, the portions are smaller. And, 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 and that's why I've noticed when you go and order food, they give you nice little size stuff. And it's, you know, you, you like, if you're very hungry, you might need to get two, two, two meals, right? <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that's not, that's just in general, but in general, when you go to a restaurant, whatever, you can get enough. Obviously, if you go to McDonald's or, or Burger King, it's the same thing, no matter where you go, right? But so in the US, you go into a restaurant, I mean, they give you these, these massive plates, I mean, it's fully, you know, loaded and you're asking for pasta. I mean, it's not pasta. It's actually a pasta, you know, galore day. I mean, it's like, you know, you, all the carbs you can have, right. <laughs> you know, so everything is overrated. Like you get, you like, we have a joke, you know, wherever we go and you ask for fries, there's always fries left over because it's just so much fries that they give you yeah. with your food and everything comes with fries. So uh, drinks, you know, you know, you usually get a small cup and a bottle of drinks in here. It's like free refills, go have, you know, 12 ounces you know, or more. So that's kind of like, you know, a challenge. And, and uh, even like in New York City, a few years back, they, they wanted to, to limit some of the, the bigger, you know, uh, cups from some of the stores like 7-Eleven and things like that, because it was a big, you know, problem with obesity and children and so on and so forth. It was a, uh, an attempt to actually kind of reduce some of that. But so, so portion is a big deal, whether at home and, and stuff. The other part, I think that, that culturally, in some cultures, you know, um, 
there is not enough because of financials, because us have people don't spend money outside. So they'll eat home. And so home cooking is a lot more, you know, healthier than, than anything else. Even if there's junk in there, it's still better junk, you know, <laughs> but, but, but when, when, when like in our culture here in the U S I mean, we tend to eat more outside, you know, mm -hmm. and every, whether you're working in school, you eat at school, right. They, they, they give you these little snackies and stuff. I mean, the food's not, but it's still kind of same concept, burger, pizza and stuff. So it's the same elements. Uh, you go outside to restaurants, uh, you eat, you know, at least two, three times a week outside. That's that's if you're you know conservative. Some people eat takeout, you know, all the time and order in, you know, food all the time, or they eat out all the time. So so that's a problem. And most of this food is high sodium, high sugar. It's also fast food or, or fried stuff. So it's not good for you at all. Kids or no kids, it's affecting everyone. And mm -hmm. and so I, so the reason I, I'm bringing this is just that uh, the this show is, is pretty much global and a lot of people are going to listen to it. But, but I think I wanted to just put the perspective that depending on where you are, these trends may vary. There's some common elements, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, it might change based on the environment and the culture you're in. You, you're in. Like, like we talked about Spain and Morocco, the food is different, you know? Absolutely. It, it, it's just, just the, the base, for example, in there to eat, it's, there's vegetables plus part of the culture. You know, and just like all the meals that have some sort of a vegetable business going on, right? Uh, or but fish. It's, yeah. But it's interesting that you say that because they've done studies about how we shop and how we buy mm -hmm. things. And essentially, people in Spain buy lots of fruit and vegetables because there's a fruit and vegetable market. In my little town, there's a fruit and vegetable market every single day and a big one on Sunday. Now, it's not that people in Spain are more health conscious or more aware of things it's just that that's what's there for them to buy and the reverse is true so if you look at big cities and you've got all your takeouts and, and restaurants and there it's not so easy to buy the fruit and vegetables so people can't buy fruit and vegetables and it is actually really sad but again it's this cultural thing that we need to make fruit and vegetables more available and not more expensive than the cheapest foods that you can buy in the supermarket. Well, to add to that, I mean, the, the other thing, like sometimes you see this, you can have, you know, fruits and vegetables. Well, let's say, for, you know, vegetables, but then now the dressings that are used, I yeah. mean, you got all these, these delicious dressings you, and there's like, they look like a rainbow spectrum. <laughs> every color, every taste is available and people like to make, you know, like to mix those things. And they put a lot of dressings. I mean, even when you buy salad outside, they, they dredge that stuff with dressing. It's not like a natural, nice, you know, maybe some oil and vinegar, you know, the old traditional yeah. way, like some olive oil, none of that stuff. I mean, it's really like blue ranch, you know, blue cheese and whatever, all those kind of, uh, ranch i mean blue ranch and blue cheese you know elements mustard mayo whatever you name it so all these things are elements and kids love these things you know like you know they just have a whole bunch of dressings and sauces around i mean at the exception of my son every i think everybody else does because he's anti everything with, with with the sauce in it like literally if he gets anything it's just the bread the meat and the cheese if any that's i'm talking about like a, a burger then he likes you know the hot dogs which is nothing healthy and nutrition about it so so and i think that's the thing so portions uh habits in terms of like you know availability uh, is is part of it the 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 type of food i mean if the family sits around the table it's one thing what i've noticed also that's changing in the culture uh kids these days don't even have time to sit on the table like back in the days i grew up Lunchtime, everybody is on the table. Dinner time, everybody. Now you add to it, everybody is sitting on the table with a phone. Mm -hmm. 
that's even said, right? You know, and so everybody's like busy. They just want to like shove their food in and just run up to do whatever they do. So these are all, I think, uh, phenomena of today's age. And that has changed the dynamics. And so for you as a practitioner, I'm again, maybe in Spain, it's a little, you know, lighter, I guess, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from the US you know, perspective, and it's crazy. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of parents listening to this will probably like, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it's right. You know, some people may be in the line, they may say, no, that's not my kids. But you know what, I think the majority is having the same problem. <laughs> you know, one way or the other, and I see them, I go places, you go, I, I travel a lot also within the US everybody is fries burgers and stuff and you know all the stuff and they just keep throwing. and then there's a lot of buffet business <laughs> that's another thing right you just keep adding that food on the table and so you can eat and and that's the other thing you know this you put food as long as there's food on the table people are going to eat mm-hmm. you know so so you you limit the quantity hopefully that might make a difference or make that food fruit and vegetables that's what i would say i would say one of the things you really want to do is get your kids familiar with fruit and vegetables so that they are, do you know what, when I'm hungry, I eat fruit and vegetables. That's my go-to food. And if you've got, you know, a table and you think, okay, I want there to be lots of food on the table. If it's fruit and vegetables, you can, it's really difficult to overeat fruit and vegetables, you know, like (laughs) I love thinking about this. A hundred grams of cabbage has the same amount of calories in it as one. We have these things called um, hobnobs in the UK. I think they're a bit like a Graham's cracker. I'm not quite sure, but they're like a standard cookie. They're not very exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, a whole cabbage is like 10 of those biscuits. Now, I don't know about you, but I can definitely eat a whole packet of cookies all in one go. Well, okay, I probably wouldn't do it now, but definitely when I was younger, you just eat the cookies. Now, I love cabbage, but I have never in my entire life eaten a whole cabbage in one go. It's just, it's kind of impossible. You can't eat that many fruit and vegetables because they've got fiber in them, which bolts you up. And you're just like, okay, I might eat two apples maximum, but you just can't, you can't do it. So fruit and vegetables are your friends. Well, no, no, listen, I, I, I hear you. And, and, and again, the purpose of today is really to just bring that and drive it to the people that are listening. You know, it is, um, a good way to stay healthy and to 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 build up new habits and better habits in terms of eating, especially with children. Again, to your point, there's a, an education. There's a, a, there's also a, a a time frame that you need to build this over. It's not just going to be sudden. Uh, you build the right foundation, and with all the influences, you can still control it to a degree. But like I said, I mean, I'm I shared my some of my personal experience from be, before and now, and how the transit. Like I mentioned, my older son. Now he had gone through the same phase, but then he's changed completely now he's more aware and conscious and he's the right stuff he gets the right nutrients so he's compensating but after a very long period of time where he didn't do any of that right so so i think my experience is just as very similar to many and you deal with these people on a day-to-day basis you know there's clients who i'm sure like if i ask you the question how how many people on a day-to-day basis that you meet that they all have the same situation like my kids don't like to eat food. Uh, and then the, I know I, I want to also touch, you know, on one element, which is the nutrient, you know, factor in each of those things. You talked about, you know, constipation and fiber, and that's a big deal. People don't know what's a good fruit and vegetable to help you do that, right? You know, we all think prunes, right? <laughs> Will be helpful. <laughs> but, but you know, like we, we might think that because, you know, you're involved in it, you listen to it, you read stuff. But kids don't know the difference. And maybe prunes are very delicious. To me, like I, I have this joke with the kids, you know, 
everything like you know raisins fruits and stuff rich sweet you can't get any sweeter than those i mean even the the, the artificial sweeteners they don't do it right and so just get some natural stuff <laughs> that's because you're coming from i you sounds like you eat relatively healthily and so when we're eating all of these foods the fruit and vegetables don't compare i did this experiment once it was easter here and you know obviously easter chocolate time it's also the time that we have delicious strawberries in spain so you eat a mm. strawberry and it's this delicious beautiful flavor bursting with flavor eat a bit of chocolate which is obviously sugar sugar your mouth is just awash with sugar go back to the strawberries oh my goodness no flavor acidic why am i eating this horrible strawberry it's not the strawberry it's the chocolate. And, you know, that's one example. But if you think about what's happening to your taste buds and inside your body, if you're constantly eating those packaged foods, then the prunes and the raisins, they don't taste sugar. They don't taste sweet. But if you're constantly eating fruit and vegetables and healthy things which aren't packaged, then yes, those, they taste amazing. They taste so delicious. They're, so, they're full of natural sweeteners that, and they're wrapped up in all that goodness as well. So, it's again about looking at everything that we're eating rather than just a short amount of what we're eating. Excellent. So, so doctor, if in, for, for this particular piece of the discussion, what would be like a, a good example for a, a healthy meal for kids that they really can, can enjoy everywhere in the world. And it's and something that's available. I'm sure there's, there's some stuff that you might not have or seasonal, but there's things that be available all year long, especially, I mean, uh, in the U.S., we don't run out of things. They just, you know, they get them from all over the world or whatever time. I mean, maybe in some countries it's more, you know, uh, seasonal. Like you can have strawberries all year long. They just bring them from the other side of the country. You know, it changes the dynamics there. But 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 the fact of the matter is, you know, what would be like something that you recommend typically uh, to a family that's having this struggle? And maybe we can hopefully assist, you know, folks today yeah, sure. to just start so, with that. So, well, without sounding repetitive i am going to sound repetitive and i'm going to say it is just about fruit and vegetables but what you can do is so you know say for example you love pizza and pizza is your child's favorite you know this is what we love mm. typically what people do is they say okay we're going to go and have pizza we're just having pizza and it's as much pizza as you can eat but if you say okay pizza is essentially the white refined carbohydrate i'm going to give my child a portion of that pizza and then i'm going to give them other fruits and vegetables so think about the things that they enjoy my children will eat carrot sticks and broccoli and they love frozen peas and they often have the frozen peas like frozen still frozen i don't cook them and they like to turn these into a lolly and so now they're getting their pizza they're enjoying their pizza but they're also getting fruit and vegetables and it's still pizza night for the kids they still love it because they're still eating pizza so it doesn't have to be oh my goodness we have to entirely change what we're eating take what you love and change it. And, and the other thing you can do as well is I'm all about creating healthy snacks, you know, things like cakes and cookies and things, but finding different ways of doing it, just enjoying experimenting. One of the things I love doing is um, my son, my picky child calls it mummy's yummy chocolate cake. And I actually make it with eggplant. Here in Spain, we have so many eggplants. We call them mm -hmm. aubergines, but I swear, one day I came back from market with like 30 kilograms. This lady is like, she sells them to me for a euro. They, you know, I had to chop the bad bits out, but I love a challenge. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to find, I'm going to, we're going to use all of these. And I cook them up with a little bit of water, whiz them down. And that's your basis and add some cocoa powder, 
you might want to add some raisins and things like that for a little bit of sugar, some, some dried coconut, some perhaps almond flour, you know, you can just make it up some chia seeds and I put it in the oven. And my children think of these as, well, they're marketed as, you know, chocolate brownies. If you take your standard supermarket chocolate brownie, you'll be like, that is nothing like a chocolate brownie. It's not a chocolate brownie, but it is a snack that is healthy and easy to make and contains very little sugar and actually contains a lot of amazing healthy things. So I would say just have fun and experiment and allow your children to get into the kitchen as well. And not all kids like cooking. And it doesn't mean that if they cook, they will eat something. But it's just about remembering that food is this thing that not only nourishes us, but also brings us together as a family. And it can be enjoyable without it having to be, oh my goodness, I have to eat sugar and too much the whole time. Well, listen, that's great advice. And, and as a matter of fact, you know, it's, it's, you made it sound very simple. Uh, the idea is you don't just remove them from it. You kind of phase them out into it and also mix and match things. So this way they can still have the appeal with yours and uh, as a parent. And by mixing up the two, they'll get to like the stuff and eventually will transit to a better, you know, formula. And I think that is that is a super, you know, a super formula to actually use for every one of us. I think even adults can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm all about making it easy and practical because we're all busy. And so this idea of just add more vegetables, suddenly it is easy. People go, oh, it's so complicated. I'm like, no, just go and get some frozen peas. If you're having frozen pizza, get some frozen peas. It's that easy. And you've made a step towards being more healthy. Well, one, one item you mentioned is about taste buds and how the, the brain also functions. I mean, if you get almost like acclimated to one type of sweets and, you know, taste, your body is conditioned. So no matter, it's like, you know, you, everything that you're going to eat after that will be like bitter, right? Because you get so much, you know, sugar taste that the other stuff that's sweet is not going to be as sweet. And that's a problem. So you're right. Like, you know, giving, giving them the right, you know, portions, the right, you know, mixture, uh, share with them the opportunity to actually be part of that decision. I think that's also good. Uh, and those are all great, great, you know, pieces of advice that I think everyone listening and watching this episode would, would be able to benefit from. So, so, so that's the food and just the, the, the condition of the food and stuff. Now in your pillars, we mentioned also something about sleep. Uh, and, and so, so now let's, let's talk about that. I mean, our kids these days, I, I, I call them zombies. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, uh, my, my children, you know, I mean, and again, I, I always refer to me because, you know, they're the closest example I have. Now, people say, well, those are your kids, you know, that's not how we do it. That's OK. <laughs> this is not about me. Literally, this is just about bringing an example and then hopefully getting from it. But but a lot of these children today are hooked on these games and things and online videos and so on and so forth. Now, everything is overseas now. I mean, when you're online, there's no real time frame. You can be playing in the US with somebody in Australia and that's a day apart, you know what I mean? So, so it doesn't matter. And so my kids will stay overnight, especially now in summertime, there's no school. And so all their habits are like, you know, their sleep, you know, patterns are different. And I call them zombies, like, you know, like you're a vampire. I mean, <laughs> you're you live in the night and you, you sleep during the day. What the hell? And so that is not a healthy opportunity. So I've been trying to, you know, weave them out through that. I mean, school days is a little different. But when summer hits, it's a problem. Now we are in the summer. And, you know, I'm not sure if that is a global pandemic as well. But the idea is sleep is important. So to your expertise, 
what would you say and what would be some of the recommendations? I mean, you can't really deprive them from that. I, I'll tell you what I do. I just take the Xbox away and that's it. You know, you've been, you're sleeping at 11. Give me your, your controllers. <laughs> but I, sometimes that doesn't always work because it backfires on you, right? You know, they're not, they're not happy and you can't get anything going. They're like, they sleep halfway because they can't sleep really. And in the morning, they're like sitting with you like this. That's where the zombie business comes in. <laughs> so, so what would you say to that? <laughs> good question. Good question. And, and to answer, you know, your comment. Yes, I think this is another global pandemic and it's not just our children. It is adults as well. And here in Spain, well, it's not just in Spain, but here in Spain, typically people stay up so late and the young children stay up so late that I am often horrified. But so often I speak to people and say, how are you? And they go, I'm tired. And you're like, Oh. There's a really easy cure for that. But culturally, we have this resistance to going to bed. But it's really easy. Just work backwards. Whatever time you need to go, get up eight hours before that. And I know there are circumstances when sometimes that, that can't happen. But we have this, oh, I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to watch television. I'm going to read a book, whatever it is. And it's all down to habits. It is just habits. Once you get into the habit of going to bed on time, you know, whatever time that is for you, your brain, your body will just acclimatize to it. So again, it's just about habits. And what they call good sleep hygiene is that you just want to be consistent. So going to bed the same time every single night, getting up the same time. And, you know, there's more things you can do. So for example, you know, don't have screens late at night, make sure you get up in the morning and get some beautiful sunshine on you, which tells your body, hey, it's morning time, it's time to wake up now but it's all about being consistent. And for our children, they need to do the same thing. So consistent bedtime, consistent getting up time. I know the summer holidays are a bit different and teenagers as well um, are different. You know, your kids are that age now where you're getting to that stage where it's getting that balance right of still having some input, but also allowing them to learn life's lessons that you know that's the age where they're beginning to say hey I want to stay up late and I want to sleep late and that's a sort of balancing act that we need to juggle and I haven't quite got there yet with my kids so you can tell me what it's like <laughs> it's but, tough yeah. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know doctor it's you know the hard part is not so much like you can try to control the kids right and and you know like I told you I, I take drastic measure when I really like you know sometimes I'll let it go for a minute and then I get tired I'm like no Give me a phone, 11 o'clock. I need everything. I take it, come back in the morning. When I wake up, you have them. <laughs> so, so that's it. But the problem is that now you're removing them. See, now it's a social environment. You're removing them from their social crowd, you know, and, and everybody and their friends are pr pretty much hanging out. So that's the other thing. Like, you know, we all are focused on our own direct kids and families and, you know, and because we want the best. And every other family is probably doing the same thing in their own way but then not everybody is applying the same rules yeah. so now i am working with my kids to have this particular rhythm and then you have the other families that you know that may not have that that same rhythm then you have also social elements maybe uh, your your some families are together some families separate you know husband and wife so you have you know, different parents so everybody tries to compensate by allowing the kids to do more and now your kids are also part of that system because now they have to kind of live with the two you know my friend has you know one home two homes basically right one structured this way one structured this way but i'm in the middle of that because i'm still dealing with the same friend and so when they move here i still want to be with them but then now in this house they can stay all night long in this house they can so so those are some of the things that you know i think in a teenage world you know it becomes more difficult 
and it's it's a it becomes an argument. Dad, come on, mom, that you know, and so and now then you have also the parents. That's the other thing. I think you there's got to be an alignment between the parents when you know at home because kids 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 are notorious about this. They'll come to one. Whoever is the one that has the weaker, you know, uh, span and they feel that they can get over quickly away, they use that particular parent to actually kind of leverage them. And I, I see that sometimes they come to me, sometimes it depends what they need. You know, I, I'm the good guy or the bad guy, it depends what, what angle they're using, right? And vice versa. But those are all things that I think in, 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 in society that are affecting the behavior um, and, and the, the healthy habits, whether it's food or to your point, sleep here. Uh, it's all the same, but but there has to be a way. When you mentioned, you know, teenagers, that's like the probably the toughest years of anybody, right? That that you have to deal with as a parent or a child. When they're younger, you can control that. I mean, we shut down. Now, back in the days, and this is the other thing, right? So 30 years ago, maybe, or or or, or just beyond, you know, uh, people had tend to have one TV, right? In the home, it's a living room. Everybody goes to the room, shuts down. Now, everybody's got TVs in their room, and you don't even have to have a TV. You just have to have a phone. You got everything in there, video, game, <laughs> you know, you can socialize, you can do everything. So it became a lot more difficult. So technology today has also helped in some of these bad habits. And, and, and you, as, 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 a, as a practitioner, you have seen a change. Now, that leads me to the next question. So what would, uh, how have you actually tried to, to keep up with the times, you know, and, and kind of adjust to these things? Has it been difficult? Are there any elements that you throw in there that may change things? You mentioned something about screens. Uh, screen time. You're right. I mean, people stay in front of their screen, you know, uh, until like they, they, you know, they want to go to sleep, but they don't. Unless their body shuts down, they're still going to be there. And that that those lights are just beaming into your brains and just kind of like, you know, getting you all excited. So all these things are a problem. So so in your expertise, you know, over the years, you've seen the technology grow. And, you know, ha have you seen a serious impact? And are there any measures that, that, that are being taken right now uh, that you can share with us, you know, beyond what we already discussed? Yeah, no, well, I think it is, it is difficult. Um, and it is something that we just have to sort of navigate. And I think it comes down to deciding what the limits are for your family. So, and I think this looks different for every single family because you've got, you know, all families are unique. And I think you want to think about all of those elements. So for example, my children, like all children, want to be on the screen the whole time. And although they are quite active children, given the choice, I think they would just be on the screen the whole time. So I try and look at it from a point of view of, I want my children to be active. Um, so for example, in the summer here in Spain, they do summer school, essentially like activities. And my children are doing sports activities all morning. So I know that I've covered that when they get home, they can be more sedentary, they can have a bit of screen time, because I know that they've done something. But if we have a long holiday, and they're not doing any activities, then my rules are, okay, if you want to have screen time, you have to make sure you do something else, you have to move your body in some way as well. And one thing that I do think is very useful for all of us is to have a sports watch, which helps us monitor how much we're moving because it's really easy to be really sedentary without realizing, but it's also really easy to move enough. It's just often we aren't aware of it. So, you know, those watches, mine is, I'm showing you that I don't have one because mine is broken at the moment, but that they are just a really good way. And kids actually, well, adults and kids, you know, they have these little badges that you can earn and they're like, oh, I have to do my 10,000 steps today. 
when my children have got them on, they'll sort of like get up halfway through a movie and do a little dance because they want their watch. You know, it beeps at them and says, you have to do some movement. So sports watches for everyone. But I think it's about finding your family rules and like the seatbelt rule, you stick to those rules. So you might want to get everyone on board, depending on the age of your kids, sit down, say, hey, these are the rules. You can have this much screen time, but when you have this much screen time, I want you to be doing movement. We use it also as a, you know, I want you to be cleaning up after dinner. You have to do your jobs, all of these things. This is what family life looks like, and we're going to stick to it. And, you know, get everyone's agreement, which sounds easier. Easier said than done, I know. Well, it is, but 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 you're right. I mean, there are ways, like, for example, I, I set up this, this rule in the summer. Um, when the sun is up, we're all out there, you know, go outside, do stuff, you know, play basketball, do what you have to do. And then at a certain time, when it gets a little darker, you can come in. Now you can get into your front screen. That's fine. Spend a few times, you know, you know, a few hours, and then you can actually shut down and unplug and reset. I, you know, you do that and it works. So that, that's the other thing. Kids are very tricky. They take their time to adjust with you for a moment until you get comfortable. And that's a trick they use. So I <laughs> advise to everybody. They get very, you, you think you're smart, they're smarter. You know, they play that card for a couple of days until you get comfortable and, they, and you get also lazy to, to track. Yeah, and, then and they, they start, like to push. They're constantly pushing the boundaries. Yeah, exactly. That's their job. Their job <laughs> is to push the boundaries. And we have to be aware of that because we find it frustrating. We find it that, you know, they come and they ask, oh, can I have another hour of screen time? Can I have another? Well, of course they're going to ask. Why wouldn't they? Because you might say yes. But if you consistently say yes, you've created that habit. And then when you say no, oh, my goodness, so much tantra. <laughs> well, but you're right. We, we create the monsters, right? <laughs> it's us. But, but, you know, again, every parent has a weakness. And probably the, the most weakness you can have as a parent is your kids. No matter how strong you think. Yeah, true. That's I'm, very, I'm, I like that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a dad and I'm the tough one. But I still kind of like, you know, cave in every now and then. I mean, like, you know, oh, don't go to dad, go to mom. Mom is easier. But but then sometimes like, you know, dad, please. And then the mom goes, can you please? And then like, okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, just for today. And then forget it. A week later, you, oh, it's been a week already. Let's talk again. Yeah, and, it, exactly. and, and that's like, it's just an ongoing struggle. And, you know, whether it's the food, whether it's the sleep, whether it's just the 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 overall picture, it is not easy. It's not a picnic. And and again, uh, the reason we're doing this show is really just to highlight this to the people so they can see that this is. You might think that you're the only one going through it, but everybody else going to one way or another. Uh, in in this, especially in this time and age. Uh, one last item that we we've mentioned earlier on the pillars, which is emotional wellness. Right. So 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 what would you say about that? And, and we actually did hit the hour, but but, but we're, we're there. So this is intriguing. So let's just cover up that last item of your pillars. Yeah. Emotional wellness is an amazing topic, which I love talking about. And essentially, it's about being aware of our emotions and our thoughts and choosing the thoughts and emotions that serve us as opposed to the ones that don't. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's so easy to get caught in these negative emotions of I can't do it and I'm upset about something. And that leads to what I call the negative plug hole. And what we want to do is get to the place where, yeah, life happens. Of course, life happens. We can't stop things from happening. But say, for example, you get upset about something, perhaps your friend says something to upset you, but you have the self-awareness to deal with that and go, okay, I'm upset process that emotion, 
okay, I'm going to move on now, as opposed to a week later on, oh, I'm still upset. It's still, you know, niggling at me. It's taken over my life a little bit. We don't want that. That's that negative plug hole. And emotional awareness is interesting. And, you know, the other thing to say as a parent is that we have these things called mirror neurons, and we're very emotionally attached to our children. And our children have big emotions. And then we reflect those big emotions. So, you know, when a child is busy screaming at you, it's really difficult not to get upset about that. But getting upset about it doesn't help. It's sort of like contagious, you know, that emotion. Mm -hmm. And what we really want to do is keep calm, keep cool, deal with the situation. Again, one of those things that's so easy to say, but not always easy to do in the moment. But that essentially is what emotional wellness is. Well, you know, it's it's amazing because with children, we you mentioned earlier uh, about you know drama. <laughs> you know, kids can be very very dramatic. I mean, at any age. I mean, when they're small, they get this tantrum, ah, or they know how to, they fall on the floor and they make noise and like you know, oh my god, everybody's looking. I've seen that actually in, in, in the shops and, and and supermarkets with some some kids will go crazy and the parents are like just trying to save the day and 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 the situation and just not get embarrassed. Then they get a little older, it's the same thing. And then when you get involved with them, they become very, um, how can I say, they, they're not always pleased to have you around them. But at the teenage age, that, that becomes very popular. Like, dad, you're embarrassing me. Dad, you're this, you know. Don't, why are you going with me? Why are you doing this? So it becomes very challenging. So for parents, it's, it's a dynamic that you have to kind of apply, you know, for and work with and just adjust and slowly but surely understand how you can play with it. I mean, sometimes you almost have to be like that fly in the wall. You be there, but not there. You want to, like, be monitoring without monitoring and, 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 and just kind of, like, give them the balance so they can feel a little bit of flexibility and freedom, I guess. And, and, but, but don't overwhelm. And, you know, like it's hard because I fall on that trap all the time. Like I want to keep that, that brain and that control. And then like, sometimes I feel like, well, I can't always do this because it doesn't look good for them. So now you have to adjust with them. But then again, it's all about the balance. I think everything we discussed today, you know, it's just finding that nice, you know, it's never going to be easy. You got to try, try, keep trying, make it like a system, work with it, but then try to balance it out. And it's not always going to be hundred percent but you'll get it as close as you can. And I think that's really what, what I'm, I'm reading, what I'm getting from, from the discussion here. And, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but that's, that's really, I think, what, what the element is. It's not going to be standardized. Uh, it's going to vary, but, but we have to keep doing it because we need to keep those kids healthy you know, as much as we can, men mentally, physically, emotionally, and, 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 and the works, right? And we have to keep saying, saying as parents, because again, it starts with the parents. If the parent, if they're stre if we stress as parents, you know, the impact is just yeah. not going to be good. We're not going to be able to deal with the, the stuff correctly. Absolutely. Um, my favorite saying, which is a quote from myself, is the best thing as parents that we can give our kids is our own happiness. And the second best thing is vegetables. <laughs> I love that. You're persistent and consistent <laughs> with the vegetables. But you know what? Yeah, I, mean, I am. <laughs> well, so so may I ask, I know we're, we're we're hovering around the end of the show, but but so vegetables, I know that is, listen, I grew up, vegetables are delicious, uh, you know, but but you're right. It depends where you are, like in, in, in the area where you are. I mean, there's plenty of, you know, farmer's markets in, in and, and you're in a large city. I mean, Barcelona is a huge city. And and but but 
like in New York, we do have also farmers markets and things like that. But then you tend like children, depending where they are, that may vary a little bit too, because you know, uh, in in the suburbs and the villages, I mean, certainly that's part of the culture, the meals and stuff, the food, and it changes. But vegetables are like you know the block, <laughs> the building blocks of of nutrition. I mean, other than meats, right? And, and a lot of people would prefer to eat more vegetables and salads and stuff than meats today. Um, and and, and not, one more thing, actually, we didn't talk about. So so fish. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> you know, and the reason I said I just think in Barcelona is, is is there's a there's a big port in there, and and Spain is a big thing about fish and seafood and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I love the paella. So, <laughs> but 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 the the concept of fish, the kids today somehow they just do not do fish. I don't know why. It, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, and, and here's a joke. So I used to actually buy fish nuggets. And when my kids were young enough, I told them those are chicken nuggets. So they, they were eating chicken nuggets for about six years, thinking that they were eating chicken, but it was fish. But you can only lie to a certain point that that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so, but, but from a nutrition, from your expertise, why is that, that the kids don't feel the actual fish, you know, discussion or the fish, you know, eating? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know why kids don't so I have some children who do eat fish and some children who don't and I suspect a lot of it is to do just again with being exposed to it and that as a society we probably eat less fish well unless you live in Spain and people do eat fish in Spain but as a society we don't present it that often or if we do it's fish fingers which okay they do contain fish but you know it looks very <laughs> like different that. from a fish yeah but I think it's just about familiarity our brains don't like what is strange and unknown we like what's familiar and so if you can make these things familiar to your kids then they will like them and that I think that's that's exactly thank you for that piece I mean you you actually nailed it it's, it's all about what the exposure is. I mean, if, if there is a nice diversified meal base that is always constant in front of the children, they'll see it. They, and also exposure. It's just like if your kids don't travel, they're not going to be eager to travel, you know, especially when they haven't traveled all the younger age. Right. So it's, it's everything. They start at a young, like everything else you practice as a young person that goes with you for the rest of your life. You don't practice something when you're younger. It's hard to actually capture it and, and pick it up when you're an old age. So I think that goes with food and, and all these habits. And uh, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I just hope that, you know, people can can always constantly look and, and search and listen to shows maybe and do read about how to to support their children to be healthier and have healthy habits. So, doctor, it, it has been a, a tremendous hour. We've actually covered a lot of grounds <laughs> and I did a lot of talking too, but but I just an engaging discussion here. And, uh, you know, and again, I, I purposely shared some of my own personal experiences because those are frustrating things that, you know, all parents will probably be going through. Uh, sometimes they don't have the ability to share them. That's the other part. I mean, nobody's going out there. Oh, my God, my kids don't eat. Don't do this. They just they live day by day and they deal with it. Uh, in this case, I had the opportunity to do it with you as an expert. And also, you know, this way you, you gave me the contrast as how to potentially look at it differently. So any last words, you know, for, for audiences, uh, you know, before we close the show? No, I just think that, you know, parenting is tough, but like everything in life, we just have to be intentional and enjoy it. And, you know, I would say the same with our lives. We just have to be intentional and go, I'm just going to enjoy this life. And, you know, what do they say? Change the things that 
we can change and accept the things that we can't change. What you don't want to do, for, particularly for younger children, is modify behavior with food. So you don't want to be rewarding them with food and you don't want to be like punishing them like, oh, if you're badly behaved, you're not going to have dessert. It's just food. You know, here's some food. If you want it, eat it. If not, don't worry. That's super, you know, great advice. We don't even have to argue about that. I think it's a pretty simple concept. Thank you. Uh, and I think that is sometimes, again, the simplest things are the best, right? Uh, so, uh, Dr. Arlena, thank you for being on the show and, and taking the time, you know, from, from a, uh, a beautiful place, uh, calling here uh, on the studio. So thank you so much. I appreciate, you know, and I'm sure the audiences, the viewers and listeners will appreciate all the content of today's uh, show. Um, uh, on my behalf, Hurricane Age, on behalf of uh, the iHealth channel, the FinFab channel, and the iHealth radio, thank you very much for watching, and we'll talk soon. New show, new guest, new topic. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye.